Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Black Knight. Why? Well, you know, Parker, we were going to watch this one for Black History Month, but some things got pushed back because of uh, COVID. So uh, we're doing it now. So I just want to say we stand with you, brothers. For 90 straight minutes, all I could think was, man, we should have done Black Dynamite instead. But we didn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We sure didn't. I mean, Black Dynamite is a little too good to do, you know? Um, Maybe next September. Yeah. (laughs) Tis the season. Uh, Parker, before we get into that, do we have any news? You know I did, but I'm so mad I kind of forgot it. Hang on a second. I'll fill the gap, dude. Because yeah, I, I lost it. I would like to what bring happened? up Skip. I would like to address this issue. Now I understand that you know fucking Disney and Marvel's like you know biggest fucking movie company on the planet. Now you know get like they snap their fingers and every nerd runs to their beck and call. But the amount of fucking hubris to go, yeah, we're gonna uh, put out a fucking action movie led by Jeremy Renner. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> We've tried this before. We've done People this so bite. many times, guys. What, what, come what on. is this action movie starring Jeremy Renner? Oh, they're making a Hawkeye movie. No, they're not. Just like, okay. Oh, did well, you mean a limited Disney Plus TV series? Ah, close Can't enough. Do it Brand. based on the guy from MASH. Because you know what you want instead, I'm not acknowledging that, of a movie. <laughs> what if it was like a six-hour mini-movie you had to watch once a week? It can't yeah, be right than Loki. Uh, what? I say that. No, no, I know what I said. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, yeah, get it? It's funny, because he's British, and he talks like a fucking idiot. I, I think you may be, like, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you may be throwing this on the wrong guys. I, I don't think... Parker, did you even watch Loki? Because I know I I'm didn't. sure he did. Of course I did. I no. brought it up yeah, come zero on. times on here. What would yeah. I? <laughs> what am I going to get out of that conversation? Yeah. Who likes Loki? I sat through all of Falcon like Winter Soldier. Soldier. I'm, I'm in for a penny and for a pound here, too. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Ask me a single thing on that show. Gone. But so are most things. Yeah. Absolute shit brains. So, uh, speaking of shit brains, do you figure out what the news was? Nah, it's gone. Oh. Probably something nah, we, we tried love our best. getting pushed back forever. That's well, all the movie news now. Oh, it's, yeah. Just... I, I guess it was the, the Fury Road 2 thing, uh, Furiosa, that got pushed back to 2024, which, that's I mean, that's so, so far in the future that, like, I'm that's not genuinely not sure if I'll be alive. That's that's actually not coming out. Do you think George Miller's going to uh, make it that long? Uh, hey, at least Venom 2 is only 90 minutes. Yes! Alright. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than any news I had. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. 
well, in that case, I guess we can move on to our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I think there is one that we all probably want to mention. Uh, just want to see who's going to take the easy bait first. I'll let you guys have it. You guys can talk about the big balls guy. I, I don't want to talk about the exploded balls guy. Put some respect on his name. Uh, but Parker, you want to... No. I was really glad to see Kurt Eichenwald weigh in on that one. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. Way to stay in your lane, dude. Proud of you. <laughs> Did his large adult son kick him in the balls really hard one time? <laughs> I'll just burn this one in week one. Every single person who, while watching football, everyone else reacts and they go, yeah, man, I had him on my bench. I don't care. Oh, come on. Yeah, don't yeah. tell me. Boy, don't yeah. care that. Hey, look, no one's perfect. We're all guilty of it in the heat of the moment. Make a group chat with your league. No one else cares. I don't even care. It's my own team. I paid 50 bucks for this shit. I don't care. I don't want to talk about it. No one should hear about it. Yeah. No okay. one cares who you did or didn't draft. Fuck off. I'm sick of it. So Let me my, enjoy this god-awful sport. <laughs> Mine is also football-related, so just... It, it's not, like, that big of a deal. It's not, like, the most important thing in the world. But you can't call holding there. That's fucking bullshit. I'm so sick of fucking <laughs> women ruining everything. Okay, yeah, sure, he has his arms on the outside of his jersey, but... Fucking Tom Brady gets away with that shit every single week. She's in Goodell's pocket. She knows where her bread is buttered. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> He's so cool. And don't get me started on Carson Wentz. <laughs> but for real, don't. Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, so my jerk of the week is the entire internet. Now, I need to walk you guys through an interaction that I had the other day. So, uh... For, for context here, uh, whenever my girlfriend, you know, partakes in substances of the marijuana variety, her favorite thing to do is sit on the couch and watch Spongebob. She's gone through, like, several seasons of Spongebob, because I guess it's just, you know, it just tickles her brain in the right way when she's in that headspace. And, of course, every time I fucking walk out there, it's like Spongebob being a huge dickhead to Squidward. And I'm like, man, Spongebob's such an asshole. Like, I, like, honestly, fuck this guy. He belongs in Gitmo. Like... And just so, like, I, like, I've incepted the idea into her head that, you know, Spongebob's, like, a huge piece of shit. And, uh, so we're sitting there, you know, it is, uh, may or may not have been, you know, a very special day over the weekend. And, uh, I walk out to the living room, you know, she's got Spongebob on, she's like, wow, you know, like... You're really right. Like, Spongebob is, like, a terrorist. Like, like I can't believe that, like, nobody's tried to harm him. To which, I stared at her for about three seconds, processing the thought that popped into my brain, wondering whether I should say it or not, and then went, nah, let's go for it. So I looked her square in the eyes, and I said, you know, Flight 93 was headed for Bikini Bottom. And then I walked back to my room. <laughs> and, uh... Thanks for 20 years of this shit floating around in my brain, guys. It's not a problem. Do you think she's ever seen the Mistakes into Miracles picture? No, and I'm going to keep it that way. That's not Separation of church and state, Chris. That's interesting. I've met her before. <laughs> Look, there's nothing you could do that, would, that could possibly be worse than being in a relationship with me. So, uh, you know... Yeah. Whatever you want to show her, <laughs> knock yourself out. Yeah. Well, let's get into our recently watched. 
I've only got three, and one of them isn't even really a movie. Um, I, I kind of had a depressing week, so in order to cheer up, I watched the uh, Shane Gillis stand-up special that he did in, I think it was Austin, <laughs> or was it Austin, Dallas, one of the, they're all the same. And uh, it was like 45 minutes, and it was fantastic. It was, uh, it was one of the best stand-up specials I've seen in a really long time. Uh, it's, you know, Shane Gillis is just really good at, uh, I, I don't really know, like, the, the way to describe his stand-up style. It's, it's he kind of seems like a guy that was on your football team, and it was, like, kind of the cut-up in the room. You're just like, hey, you know, I'm glad that guy's going into something that he was just naturally really good at. Um, he hits it out of the park on almost everything. I thought the crowd could have been a little bit more into it, but it, the room really wasn't that big. Uh... I don't know. I I, uh, I really liked it. Um, I Shane Gillis. If anyone doesn't remember this guy, was uh, he got canceled from SNL because uh, he said uh, the word chink on a couple podcasts, and uh, well, now I guess I'm not going on SNL either. Uh, <laughs> Rough beat, dude. Yeah, man, well, this is a this is uh, how you grieve, huh? <laughs> his loss is our gain. Uh, Chris, why do you keep pitch- pitching sketches that are just somebody saying yum over and over? <laughs> Uh, I, I wouldn't ever steal your jokes, Alex. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I haven't seen anything Mine, else. Yodas. I haven't seen anything else that Gillis has ever done, but uh, I, I I liked him in this special, and if he does any more, I'll definitely seek him out. So some of my favorite jokes, I, I think he does a really sick uh, Donald Trump impression. Uh, I, he, he says that the best way to do it is it's all about the hands. You do stuff like this like a half second after you should have done it. Uh, which is definitely appropriate. And he agrees with you, Alex. It's all about getting the cadence down more than anything else, the word choice. Um, I, I'd seen him do, I think there was like a Twitter video of him doing like his Trump thing before, and uh, I wasn't able to find it, but, so I'm glad that he did it again in this uh, special. It was really funny. And he talks about some really serious stuff, but in kind of a, a joking way. Uh that ordinarily, I no one would make jokes about this, but he, he does a really good job of it. I thought he he did a, a great job. So, I'm looking forward to uh, more from him. I I don't know. I really like it. Uh, have you guys ever heard anything from Shane Gillis? I think he's a lot more popular in the comedy community, which I'm definitely not a part of. Because uh, <laughs> I I don't think I would ever ever have the guts to uh, go up on stage and do stand up comedy. I don't even know if it's about guts. I just. I also don't like the idea of like writing down jokes and be like, okay, deliver it like this. I I don't know. It's, that's not really my sort of thing. No, I used to be really, really, really into stand-up, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. I used to follow that shit religiously. I like mean, most of my hobbies, I would be super into it for like three years and then just mm-hmm. never ever pay attention to it ever again. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about like following it a little bit more often, but then I've realized that most of the people who do follow it a lot more often are uh, kind of nuts. You know, there, there's a yeah. lot of like policing of how you're supposed to tell jokes and where you're supposed to tell jokes. And I'm not trying to do like the like oh that joke is too like you know some people are like oh that's too woke or or whatever. Like I don't even like the the term woke anymore. It doesn't even mean anything. Uh, I I don't know. There, there's a lot of like policing what you can and can't say and everyone complaining about everything else and it's it's not about appreciating humor anymore i don't know um every single old stand-up clip i watch on youtube 
he scrolled out within the first three comments. Yeah, you can't say anything like that nowadays. Like, fuck off. Well, it's I like you couldn't say it back then anyway, and they, they still do say it, you know? Just, look, I, my, my theory about uh, comedy is it's kind of like the Dave Chappelle rule. If it's funny, you can say it, you know? But you got to be really funny, and Dave Chappelle is hysterical, so you can pretty much say whatever he wants. But if you suck at it, then you're kind of in rough shape and you're not going to get away with it. That's basically how I feel. Anyway, I, I like the Shane Gillis stand special. I thought that was really good. Uh, good enough for me to mention on the podcast, at least. Um, the next one, uh, I'll mention this one. It's kind of a brief one because there's not much to say here. Uh, I watched the 1941 version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, this one was directed by Victor Fleming. He was a famous director. Uh, it stars Spencer sure. Tracy. Sure. And Ingrid Bergman. Yeah, okay, okay, sure. Thank you. All right. So, uh, anyway. Uh, this guy's deal. <laughs> this guy that's is actually... The, that's the, the guy that made all the, the black and white movies, right? Yeah, yeah, he was in a couple of them. So, this is a remake of the 1931 uh, version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which is a lot more popular, which starred Friedrich Marsh. Uh, this version is much <laughs> derided. Darsh. Yeah, most people don't <laughs> like this version because they, they say that... Uh, they say it's Spencer Tracy, who was a classic Hollywood actor, is a little too hammy in this one. I've never quite understood what the term ham means in actors. I, I guess I just never really cared. Wait, isn't he playing like a monster? He plays like a, a scientist who turns into a monster. Oh, some other guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, so he's like half of a monster. Sort yeah, that should probably of, be yeah. hammy, dude. I guess. But like, his makeup isn't quite good enough to, to pull it off. Like, this really needed a Lon Chaney Jr. or something. Uh but when he's Dr. Jekyll, he's really good. Like, you can see it's like, oh, this guy's like a real actor. And whenever you see, like, uh, this movie that's, that's not very good, but you get a real actor, and you're like, oh, hey, this is still fun. And that doesn't just apply to Spencer Tracy. It also applies to Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> because she is... <laughs> she is astonishingly Don't gorgeous. That. <laughs> I never do, actually. It's weird. I never cut my belts. <laughs> Ingrid Bergman is... She has to be one of the most naturally beautiful women who has ever walked the face of the earth. And she's really good in this one, too. But I think the problem is that this is after the Hays Code was implemented. So what does uh, Mr. Hyde do that's so awful? He causes a ruckus. He goes into... <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> he fucking turns into a monster and starts making a mess of somebody's pockets. Ex- oh, you stole my joke. You motherfucker. Back of Jerk of the Week, Alex. You're stealing my pockets. Cut it and say it yourself, hey. dude. Hey, hey, get out of there. Hey. I put that Actually, oh, dude, I wish it was 90 minutes. This one's almost two hours. And it's just like, oh, What's he doing no, out I'm watching him. <laughs> Black just, and white like, movie. What's this over minute 75? I'm arms crossed fuming. He's using, he's using his cane. You know the cane is like to get the hook thing? He's using the hook thing to like trip people. That's destroyed. <laughs> I'm literally imagining me like getting chased around by a bunch of like fucking like British bobbies. Like slow-mo Three Stooges style. Like, <laughs> That's pretty just, much what it is. <laughs> I can't be Michelle Hyde. Yeah, it looks like Dr. Jekyll, it does. <laughs> and then Spencer right, Tracy so, just uh, not doing a, a British accent in the slightest. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe the 40s are the second best movie decade we have. Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen Mr. Hyde in all sorts of different iterations. I've seen him in this one. I saw him in the, the silent one where it's like, oh, that guy can top me. I saw him in the 1931 version. And uh, let's see, I saw him in the Page Master. 
Uh, remember that little anime movie with Christopher Lloyd? And, of course, I saw him in Alex's favorite movie, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So, That's true, uh, you did. What would be my favorite iteration? Probably the silent one. I guess that guy could top me, too. So, uh, Parker, have you seen... Well, please. <laughs> <laughs> you... Is it on the list? <laughs> yes, I already saw it. So, uh, have you seen the 1941 version, Parker? No, I just checked my letterbox. I have not... You know, it's, I mean, it's worth watching at least just for Ingrid Bergman. You'd be like, oh, you know, that's so nice. Uh, and also, you know, much like the Joker, uh, Mr. Hyde isn't actually evil, so. <laughs> oh, uh, wrong. Actually. You know, in these rot political times, it's good to have someone like Mr. Hyde around you. So, <laughs> so here's here's the problem here with that statement. It's It's just obliquely wrong based on what he says. So Dr. Jekyll is a scientist, and he's trying to... Ignore, if, if you've read the book, ignore it, because this doesn't really follow the book at all. Uh, Dr. Jekyll is a scientist, and he's trying to uh, study, like, the human brain, and uh, there's a Catholic priest in the temple, and also the soul, which is my department. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he's talking about this with all these, like, sort of like a few British types sitting at the table who are really rich and going, Ugh. Best unorthodox, and he's uh, he's talking about like, well, I believe that uh, human beings have within their brains uh, two different sides of uh, of their psyche, and they're like, what are you talking about? Well, there's one good side and one evil side, and I'm just like, what the fuck? No one talks like that. Come on, that's stupid. And uh, everyone that was pretty like, crazy. Yeah. Well, again, Mister Hyde is the evil side of him, and if the evil side of him who's actually kind of polite to Ingrid Bergman. He's actually, like, kind of nice. <laughs> he's just tripping people with his cane Chris, you're time. making my point for me. <laughs> yeah, but, like, hold up, hold up here. If the if as evil as he gets is that, then, like, maybe the British were right, okay? Maybe, like, you know... All right, maybe, that is not a bridge that I'm willing to cross maybe, under any circumstances. Maybe J.K. Rowling was right to say what she said. Maybe she's the brave one of all of us. It uh, it sure does suck how we are, you know, citizens of the British Crown, and therefore cannot say that J.K. Rowling eats babies on this podcast. Well, <laughs> well Parker, uh, do you have any takes on Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde? I mean, Mister Hyde is right. Like the little elves, they love being slaves, and it's fine and it's cool. And I don't know what her fucking deal is. Let the little fucking nightmare elf dudes just work for free forever and live with the same family forever. It's fine. I think we can all and agree... And also, I'll never watch this movie. I, okay, I got one up on you on the list. I think we can all agree that the worst thing that J.K. Rowling ever said or did was call offsides there? Are you serious? Like, uh, his pinky <laughs> finger. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding hey, me? Uh, Dr. Jekyll's me name, but you can call me Albus Severus Pond. <laughs> wow, this new character. <laughs> Tourette O'Potter. Oh, sorry, I, I left the room for a second. I just got back. This won't talk in my, my microphone. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's weird. They told me this was an invisibility cape, but actually it just turns me that's into a girl. Weird. It was Parker, Parker's <laughs> twin sister, Parkette, watched, walked in. <laughs> Hello, you can't see me now, can you? I'm gonna get to a theme park! I got stuck in the dryer. <laughs> that's what happened when his that's what happened when his internet kicked out, you know, the golden snitch. Oh jeez, that's again. so naked, you've caught the golden snitch! <laughs> I'm a 
every time your voice gets a little fuzzier, I just start throwing shit at my closet. <laughs> I am struggling right now. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, well, uh, keeping on the British crown here, I watched an Australian movie from the list. This is called The Loved Ones. Now, uh, Parker, I believe you've seen this one. Um, is this the one I think it is? I, I'll tell you what, I'll describe the plot, which is something I don't typically do for movies. I don't think I need to describe the plot for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But, oh, uh, what is that one? Oh. Yeah, the loved, the, <laughs> yeah, The Loved Ones is uh, a movie that takes place in Australia, so two strikes right off the bat. And it's about a guy who... He's driving along the road with his dad, and they're listening to ye olde Australian tunes, and his dad's like, there's nothing wrong with a good melody, and his son's just like, oh god, I wish I was dead. Anyway, he crashes the car, because he sees sort of like a uh, weird person walking towards him, and his dad dies, and he's really traumatized. You might think, wow, that must really affect him and his character. Not really, this never comes back. And... uh, He's going to go to prom. Oh, they don't call it prom in Australia. They call it the senior uh, formal, kinda. And he's going to go with his girlfriend, who gives him a blowjob because that's what girlfriends do in Australia. Must so, be nice. Yeah, and he uh, <laughs> let's see. He gets asked by a kind of a I wouldn't call her frumpy, but I guess. <coughs> Sorry, I guess kind of a kind of a plain looking girl is. Um, I'm, I'm not even like trying to be mean with it. It's just. It's just the way you call her that. And he says, oh, no, I'm going to go with my girlfriend, who I'm dating. Uh, It's at this point that I'd also like to introduce a side character, uh, who I'm going to call, for the purpose... I don't remember his name in the movie, but for the purpose of this uh, description, I'm going to call him Parker. Uh, This is uh, a guy with, like, long brown hair who smokes a lot of dope and listens to a lot of heavy metal music and is into goth girls. So and he's uh, cool. And he has a lot of friends and a popular podcast. And, likes him. <laughs> and he can kick really high without like hurting his leg. That's right. <laughs> so he uh, he's in this movie and he asks out a goth girl and uh, they go to the senior formal and they smoke a lot of dope and they fuck in the back seat and uh, they dance. Everyone thinks dope cool. is my favorite thing on the planet right now. It's, you know what's weird? It's <laughs> so cool. You know what's weird? It's like the reason I'm doing that is because it's. It, for some reason, it seems to like come out of my mouth a lot faster than like weed or marijuana or grass or anything. You know, <laughs> is MF for said grass? <laughs> Do you just say MF? The dope rat. Do you just say MF? Wait a second. <laughs> MF. I have to. Uh, I have because it comes uh, out of your mouth back. faster after you after you disparaged right? yeah. you know an yeah. entire uh, entire yeah. continent of our fans. Mf. You know? Yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> I mean, Parker leave. You know, it's how it goes. Well, we don't yeah. want to offend anyone on this one. So he's smoking cannabis, and uh, the air there. I don't know. They have this sort of size where you might say, "Oh, you're talking about them now." Instead of that guy at the beginning, I guess they're the main character. No, this guy never actually has any impact on the plot whatsoever. But he's still in the movie. Uh, this will be a recurring theme. So the kid who lost his father is sitting at home with his mother, who I thought was portrayed very, very well. She's not like the typical Hollywood uh, actress. She's she's not wearing a whole lot of makeup. She looks distraught over losing her husband, and he's kind of sitting sort of despondent at home, and he's like, oh, my girlfriend's going to pick me up. And she's like, oh, riding in a car. And it's like they're obviously both very traumatized. I'm like, wow, that that's kind of realistic. You know, even though it's been six months, it's still – like a traumatic experience for the both of them. He's like, oh, come on, mom, you don't understand me. So he listens to heavy metal, he goes out, uh, and then he gets kidnapped by uh, 
the plain girl's father. And he gets taken back to their home. And how do I describe this? You ever go, think back to when you were a kid, right? They had like a friend, you go over to a friend's house. And within seconds of stepping in their house, the first thing you think is, I got to get out of here. Because you realize that friend is fucked up. And their home life is fucked up. And you're just like, I don't want to be here anymore. That's the aesthetic of most of this movie. Um, And she ties him to a chair and forces him to be her senior formal date. Uh, In the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sort of way. Now, I throw around the term uh, torture porn probably more than I should. But this gets really, really close. Uh, Parker, I'll let you be the judge. Is this torture porn? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I didn't know what this was when I turned it on. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a Me neither. It was kind of funny. And then, uh, boy. It gets pretty, it's pretty brutal. I'm surprised you watched it. Yeah, so, I didn't know. I didn't know going. I like to go in blind to most of these things. Who knows? It could be a treasure of a movie or this. Here's the thing. Uh, it does the torture... I, I, don't, I don't like watching torture scenes. It's not that they make me queasy, but it, it's not fun to watch. Uh, I think the only people who like watching that stuff are, are sickos. Um, it's, uh, I'll, I'll say this, though. There are better scenes than anything in Saw, any of the Saw movies. It's, it's better than anything in any of the Hostile movies. It's better than anything in anything that Eli Roth has ever done or even thought of because this is actually based on a real-life person. She uses some of the torture techniques that Jeffrey Dahmer did. And to see this actually portrayed on screen, it, it's actually really scary. I, I can say that this is a very, very scary movie. And I've I've mentioned in the past, I think Parker, some of your friends who listen to is like, oh, he doesn't think horror movies are scary. <laughs> I talk like that. Uh, I understand I like where they're coming from, but like... I'll, I'll tell you this much. I, I couldn't do the whole, oh, it's just a movie. It's just a movie for this one because it's not so much that it looked real, but it put me in the perspective of thinking about what if it was me in that situation, which is exactly what you're supposed to do. This is why Halloween works. This is why The Thing works. And this is why The Loved One works as an actual scary movie because it's not just like, oh, what if someone put a power drill into your forehead and dumped boiling water in there? That's not enough. It's... Whatever was in their fucking basement, that's scary. That's super like, fucking scary. Dude. That's maybe the scariest thing I've seen in a movie. Yeah, no, you don't want to no. fucking think about that. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what she was going to drill into his head. I know there was anything in the basement. No, no. I didn't know it was Australian. So I looked at the oh, couple. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that yeah that's a real Plaza? problem. There. And then I hit play. I mean, it was uh, a tiny thumbnail. A strong double TV. feature with Grumpy Cat. Uh, Aubrey Plaza isn't that pretty. <laughs> so, anyway, the thing that makes this movie really work is the dark comedy. There's a lot of dark comedy in here that works very, very well. And I have to admit, like, some of the stuff that makes it so funny is the heavy metal that they play in the first act. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but when I was a kid, I kind of thought that heavy metal was a joke. Like, literally, that like my, my first introduction to heavy metal was, like, Rob Zombie. And, like, Dracula is a joke song. It's based off a, a, a car from the Munsters. And, hey, wait a minute. And whenever I... What? <laughs> this is going to get them canceled. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care. I, I <laughs> thought it was I thought it was all just a, a big laugh and stuff. And, it's like, hearing people go... And, like, the cannibal corpse layers would go... I was like, I thought that was, like, all, like, a big joke, you know? And turns out people actually listen to this on purpose. No offense. And... I, you know, over time I learned to appreciate there are some metal songs I do like, but 
every once in a while, just hearing a scene cut off with heavy metal, it just made it like really funny to me. I, I, I think that was part of the joke. That being said, um, a lot of the humor isn't quite enough. I think there needed to be either more humor or just cut out all the humor entirely because it kind of feels disjointed because the torture scenes are a little too intense. It's kind of like watching in, like a, a good movie, like In Bruges, right? And all of a sudden someone gets like a radial arm saw to the forehead. Like, I don't need or want that. I was having a good time laughing. I can deal with a little bit of brutality. I, it's not that like it turned my stomach or anything. It's just that like, I, it feels like a little, I don't know, it just feels disjointed. Uh, that being said, overall, it's possible to get something out of it. I still overall call this a uh, a movie that's basically worth watching, but with a heavy, heavy warning that like there's some really intense torture scenes. And ordinarily, I would say that like that's a cutoff for me. But like, I mean, I don't know. The funny stuff works. The funny stuff it makes it worth watching. And there's like little stuff that I kind of like. I, I I like the side characters. I just wish that they had been more involved with the story itself. You know. Uh, Parker, you can go ahead. I'm surprised you watched. I really am. I feel like if you asked me about it, I probably would have been like, uh, maybe you, not. I, I think you, I think you would have said no. It. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Is weird because <laughs> I like, mean, on a curve. A, yeah, I, I know on a curve. But like for the first act, I was thinking to myself, uh, "Wow, this is this is actually kind of good. I, I kind of want to see where it's going." And then once the second act got going, I. It's not even that the torture scenes were too brutal. It's just that the, the the main actress and her father were a little too annoying for me. They some of the baby talk was kind of annoying because they're Australian. Oh, also that, but like it was just <laughs> territory. Just, yeah, it was just kind of irritating. It was like the the way that they talk to each other. And there's little stuff here. Like I, I mentioned the Texas Chainsaw Massacre earlier, and I don't like uh, Texas Chainsaw anywhere near as much as you do, Parker, but. This movie does that idea so much better. The idea is like, I'm asking questions about this weird fucked up life that's on like the underbelly of human society. And it it does such a great job of of, like pondering that question. And then it gets deeper. It'd be like, here, what's your worst nightmare? How about this? Because this could actually happen. This is, I mean, that's what makes it so much better than Saw and so much better than Hostel. Uh... And yet, it's it's just a little disjointed, and it's maybe because the director's Australian, and thus he doesn't know how to make a good movie, with the exception of George Miller. But like, I, I don't know. There, there's like enough in here to like barely give it a recommendation. I actually thought this was going to go for like a really shitty ending, and I, I almost got like pre mad. You know, I felt like Alex for a second. I was like, I have never been mad. <laughs> oh no, of course not. <laughs> but like. This is what it is. I was almost like, oh, you better not go for that kind of ending. If you go for a Ginger Snaps 2 unleashed ending here, I will not be happy. That was in play. That means nothing to me. No, it means everything to Parker. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... It ended up having a... I guess a good enough ending. It's... I wouldn't say a disappointment. I was just like, okay, alright. You, you can escape with that ending. That's good enough for me. I think it would have been better if uh, if the uh, his friend, who's codenamed Parker, had come back and like uh, saved the day at the end. I thought that would have been a lot better. But you know, we have Get Out for that. So now he's vibing and doing his own thing. I did sort of get this one feeling. Uh, they play a song in there. Um, 
it's sung by a woman. I, I think this is a real song. Uh, it, it almost felt like... Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I really hate the song "Let It Go" uh, from Frozen. Uh, Parker, I know yeah. you like it a lot, but uh, I, I yeah, I, it's I, good. Man. I, I kind of feel like that song is like uh, a horoscope, but for every woman ever born. Uh, it's just it's, it's <laughs> so a horoscope. It, it, yeah, also that <laughs> uh, it's extremely pandering. It's extremely uh, condescending. I, I feel, and uh, whatever people say that they're like, I'm like, oh come on. There's a song in this movie that goes, and I don't remember the lyrics. I'm just going off the top. I was like, "Am I not pretty enough?" And like the lead actress, the kind of plain looking girl, sings this like repeatedly. She listens to it on repeat, and I'm just like, "This feels like the director heard this song and it's just like I am going to, in the Australian way, take the piss, mate." And he does a really good job of that. I, I thought this is a really... If you if he just made this 84-minute movie to attack this one song, then That's brava. Uh, <laughs> he buried the lead there. Yeah. <laughs> That's not why I watched it, actually. Um, I, I kind of just not took the a... the whole reason. I just took a stab randomly. I was just like, you know, I watch all these old, like, movies. And in fact, I was like, I was looking at, like, the, the list. It was like, 1970s, 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 2009? That's better content, you know? <laughs> it's like... Do the same thing. I'm like, I should watch them on here. Sort by release newest. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> I was like, I, I thought, you know, maybe this is something that perhaps you saw when it came out. Um it's been a while. I guess one last thing on here is like a whole lot of times, like you'll hear women say, "Oh, I love watching like horror movies." Don't watch this one on a date, Parker. I know you want to watch stuff like Antichrist and shit like that on a date, but this is not the one. I mean, I mean, it wasn't a date, but she was here. She seemed to enjoy it. <laughs> she, she, she was just there. She was tied to a chair, with a knife in her foot. Uh, yeah, uh, pour that boiling water on it. Now, Alex, so I know why. Talk about yeah. my lineup. <laughs> <laughs> now, Alex, I know I've described it in such a way that makes you desperately curious to find out what happens, but I would say, tentative, sort of, you might not get a lot out of this. Wow, I wonder what could happen in the movie that would make me not get a lot out of it. It could be anything. Yeah, well, uh, I, you didn't watch anything this, this week, right, Alex? I've got a couple, actually. Because oh, I forgot awesome. that I wasn't here last week. Oh, he, no! He watched something last week, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot! <laughs> it's alright. Oh, for boy. Fucking nothing. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Go easy on us on the Game of Kings, please. Uh, we'll see. Um, so, uh, thank you for the segue, because I also watched an Australian movie. Now, Parker, I'm looking directly at you as I say this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Have you watched the Chris Hemsworth shark movie on Disney Plus? No. Who just described it that yet. way? Jesus. Well, so like it is ostensibly a documentary about sharks. Like that's what you expect when you click on it. And then you watch it, and it's really just a movie about how much Chris Hemsworth likes sharks. Wait. Which is what? <laughs> incredibly funny. Are you serious? That sounds so good. <laughs> like, like, we're, like, like, it's so, like, you know, you, you hear, it's like, oh, it's a shark documentary with Chris Hemsworth, and you think, like, yeah, he's gonna, like, narrate, maybe he's gonna, like, go to, like, do some interviews or something. No, it's just, like, him going around Australia, like, talking to shark bite victims and, like, shark scientists and shit, and being like, oh, wow, I learned a lot about sharks today. But, like, <laughs> it's very, it's... <laughs> 
It's very clearly like marketed for somebody that like just watched Thor and is like, I want to watch more Chris Hemsworth movies. Hey, <laughs> Tucker, we found another shark bite victim. She's <laughs> right. So like, it's like lots and lots of sharks. Full disclosure, I watched this on shrooms, but like, <laughs> I cannot stop thinking about it because like. It is one of the most self-indulgent fucking things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that is full-on fighting around the world. I, I, you it know, really I, is, I love the idea that Chris Hemsworth wasn't even an executive producer. It's just like some guy knew he was a star. It's just like, what do you really like? Oh, man, shocks. Would you like to talk about them for like an hour and a half or something? Oh, you bet. And they just follow him around with a camera, and he just dude. Talks there's about no, there's legitimately like four different scenes of like Chris Hemsworth in his like gorgeous Australian mansion, just like walking around thinking about sharks. He does a Zoom call with like a fucking shark professor, dude. If it's... he did a Zoom call with an actual shark, I would shit. <laughs> just been told we can't beat up an actual shark. He just beat up someone with a shark bite. He's just reaching Come here, you pussy. Tell me, you secret. <laughs> they like he does he does an interview with this woman who I can only describe as like the Rachel Dolezal of the Aborigines <laughs> <laughs> who is All right. like okay hold up <laughs> 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 yeah, <I'm> just... <laughs> continue that sentence <laughs> no I'm good I'll leave it right there thank you <laughs> <laughs> I like <laughs> I'm aware that I was not in the, the soundest state of mind as I was watching this, but, like, I desperately want someone else to confirm to me that this exists. Like, because it's just the most, like, what? It's the most self-indulgent thing I've ever seen in my life. And I've read my own posts. If you listen to this podcast... You standing there with a shitty feather hat, like, yes, we feel we, as a tribe, are endangered by the shark. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> fucking, it's, it's this fucking lady that's, you know, she's like half her face is covered in like tribal war paint, but it looks like she just had a whale of a time at the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, like, I'm sitting there and like, I literally pause it. I, I'm, I'm like, she is, she is, there's no way that is a native. There's no chance. You said like half her face is painted. I like the idea that it's just like this, and depending on the interview, she'd be like, "Yeah, the sharks are really bad." And the other one, Our people are threatened by the extermination. Of the All right, now imagine that, but imagine an entire like tribe, and then just her and Sting makeup. Well, yes, I am imagining Ghosts of Mars. She she jumps down for the rafters with a harpoon. <laughs> So, uh, so much for Steve, isn't it? No, I, I would not like to. I, I would prefer not to disparage anywhere. She was, in fact, pro shark, not anti shark. Okay, so, right, uh, right, okay. my apologies. <laughs> but uh, Parker, I'm sure after the sales pitch, I'll be hearing from you. Locked it. I don't have to sell her on sharks. That's no, a guarantee. Yeah. And it, I hovered over it. It's a it's a press play immediately. Yeah. It's like less than an hour too. So like you're not you're not at a lot of time. Oh my god. Like, it's, 
I just, I just, I just want to like, I want some other human being to like acknowledge this thing that I watched exists. You're like, not sure because like the streams are really good. No, not even. It was just like, I, I mean, like it did look very. I'm, I'm sorry, the, the like, psilocybin yeah. mushrooms that uh, it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> of course. <dude. laughs> um, just log into Disney Plus and add that to the queue. Yeah, quick. go for it. Just watching something. <laughs> Kick her off real quick. <laughs> All right. Um, She'll understand. I've only got one other thing that I want to talk about this week. Have you guys ever heard of a movie called Free Jack? Oh, oh yeah, it's got, uh, it's got, yeah, what Ryan feels Reynolds, like a hundred years. Video game and, uh... Shut up. Yeah, that God one, Chris. <laughs> I've seen it. You can't assign it to me. Um, okay, so uh, let me give you the bare-bones plot points of this, because, uh, future episode. Uh-oh. Uh, so, our hero, Emilio Estevez, is a Formula oh, One driver in 1998. Concurrent to this, we have a plot going on in the deep future of 2009. Oh, yes. Here we go. So, uh, Emilio Estevez's character gets killed in a car crash, like, during oh. one of his races. However, the people in the future have, like, the, since they know exactly where and when he died, they go back in time to get him right before he dies so they can put a rich guy's soul in his body. So Emilio Estevez pops out of the dystopian hellhole of 2009 New York, being chased around by none other than our villain, Mick Jagger. <laughs> and obviously he doesn't want to be, like, he doesn't want his body to be taken over by some fucking old rich guy. Who would? And, uh... Yeah, you guys are gonna have to see how this one goes, cause uh, <laughs> you didn't, you, I have to admit, usually you give us a little more detail for these future episodes that are just locking us in. This one's pretty good, though. You know, Billy Estevez, I mean, Formula One driver, dead, back again. But the Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger thing, in an Mick, acting uh, role, no, yeah, no, the Mick Jagger thing. I was sold role, from yeah. uh, our lead Emilio Estevez. I yeah. was already, yeah pretty locked in. Yeah. I do appreciate that the uh, the first result for related movies on IMDb is Judgment Night. So, uh, that's the kind of company we keep here. Judgment Night, um, you say. Oh, it's so good, dude. Like, I, I just... I don't want to talk too much in case, like, in three weeks we uh, can't figure out what, what we want to do for an episode. So, uh, that is you know... This being is generous. Yeah, yeah. Just write that down, then. <laughs> and, uh... With that, I guess, Parker, you can go ahead... Well, since you weren't here last week, we just need to take the floor for about 45 minutes and talk about Blood Moon together. Oh, fuck yes, dude. <laughs> the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. My fucking God, dude. <laughs> I. It's like, it's excitement you get because, like,. Not only is, like, the movie actually fun, because, you know, you roll the dice on these, and you're like... Oh, yeah, of course. I might tap out it for 15. Like, not only is it actually fun, but all of the fights are so fucking good, you just keep getting more and more amped up. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's... How is this movie better filmed than, like, almost every big studio, like, triple-A action movie that gets released? I don't understand. It was made for like a hundred dollars, with no one you've ever heard of, and also Frank Gorshin as the fucking lieutenant. <laughs> I love this movie with all of my heart and soul. I had forgotten that this was the one because you, you know, you went down the list of 
good four or five of them. I forgot this was the one where they had to recruit the Mind Hunter to find the Karate Suit. <laughs> <Killer. laughs> <laughs> the Mind Hunter who goes through, let's say, four accents. This movie, you know, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's lowballing it. It's yeah, the it's fighting to get out. Um, I just, I love. Because he's a serial killer and he's just picking off karate guys. Like, you'll get a scene of dialogue and they'll be like, oh, we have to solve, let's go look for clues. It's like, alright, jump cut, here's just another random karate guy doing karate moves. Cool. Now he's going to fight to the death. And that's all the setup you need for the (laughs) first hour of the movie. (laughs) We're like, wow, is that Rob Van Dam? Why is that the fuck that girl with pinball table? Oh my god! (laughs) Kills the fuck out of Rob Van Dam in that bar. (laughs) Beats the dog shit out of him. His fucking metal shoes, he just kicks him (laughs) <laughs> he dead ass just looks like Tuxedo Mask for the first time in the movie. It's so good, dude. It is amazing. But then he takes the mask off, you're like, oh, put the mask on. <laughs> Did you love? Like, he has all these cool ass karate fights, and you're locked in. And then he goes onto this dojo with this old karate master, and they have a sword fight to the death. Like <laughs> 45 minutes into the movie. And then they blow a whole bunch of desktop computers. (laughs) He live streams a karate fight with a camcorder. It's so good. Also, yeah, why is there a hacker in this movie? Why do we just cut to like, we gotta find out who's streaming this. Cut to obese man pissing into a thermos because he's gaming too hard. One of the best movies I've seen in my life. I had completely forgotten the very, very, very end of this movie, Alex. <laughs> you Even though you people again? it, it came in blind. Or after, so like the whole thing, this guy's picking off all these karate champions, and now he's gonna kill the mind hunter. So he kidnaps the guy's wife and daughter, ties them up, straps a bomb to them. We have this huge climactic fight at construction yard. Don't worry about it. There's a lot of steel girders around, a lot of sparks. It's what you want. He knocks the man, the the killer, off the roof. Dead as fuck. But the timer's still going, Chris. He has to get to him. He's running. He's running. Three, two, one. Doesn't get there in time. In what Alex described as a very Joker-esque move, a bunch of confetti flies out, and then a tape of him going, Ha ha! I would never kill an innocent child. Cut to shot of him dead on the ground. Credits roll. <laughs> it is the greatest movie I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> I'm no child killer. As it just shows his bleeding corpse after he fell a hundred feet. It really makes you think, you know? Like, like, what does this movie want us to think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this guy that we've just been watching murder martial artists for an hour and a half. Like, oh, he wasn't that bad. He had a code. Well, see, man's got to have a creed. That's right. Um, it's a tight ninety minutes. Like, could not be if you're into any kind of like martial arts movies. Could not be a stronger recommend. Also, big shout out to YouTube because of course that's the only place to watch it. It ends and it's like, hey, you want to watch Master and Commander? Close. <laughs> Good try, YouTube. <laughs> Swing and a miss on that one. <laughs> like I left Very the bathroom, similar. I, the bathroom, come, I 
I come back from the bathroom, it's like, the ocean is a battlefield. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Something is wrong. Oh, that's a... Yeah. Can you imagine watching Master and Commander, the next thing they recommend is like, hey, how about Blood Moon? Wash the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> hey, you like Russell Crowe, Well, not Two that peas in a pod, man. Uh, they, both these movies have fighting around the world, so... They do, yeah. <laughs> This is the part of the podcast where we just talk about how fucking good Escape from New York is. Of course. Okay. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Thank sure. you. I watched it for the first time since I wrote that awful post like fucking five, six years ago now. I don't even remember so, you writing a post about this one. It was it was like one of the first couple ones I did. I will yeah. never go back to it. I might. Because, my God. Hey, I'll just describe the movie. That's fun. But anyways. Well. So most of the movie was fresh to me. I mean, I remembered a lot of the beats. But just, like, sitting there turning on and just watching those opening credits and name after name after name after name. Truly, there will never be anything like it again. It it's works so, so well with the music, too. Like, the music just... And Adrian Barbeau and also uh, Kurt Russell. And the lawn chair. <laughs> oh. uh, so I, I vividly remember watching it that first time. And the movie starts, and it's just a voiceover. Manhattan is a prison, and it's immediate hands up. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. In. I mean, it's the thing that Alex mentioned is like the burning trash can aesthetic. It's like we're already all in. Also, Parker, question: Absolutely. When you said name after name after name, do you include Nick Castle as one of the names? Yes, best because I'm a fucking loser. Do <laughs> <laughs> <Knew> it. <laughs> he helps write it though. So. Like, you, everyone remembers all the big stuff, but there's so many things that can just slip by, like Isaac Hayes having chandeliers on his car. Dude, that's, that's so such perfect. a good fucking thing. And again, that's like, that's the John Carpenter touch, you know? Uh, learning that there was a whole opening scene film that showed, like, what Snake Plissken did to get arrested and learning that they cut it. That's why Carpenter's the best. Be like, yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. need it. Yeah, exactly. Just have people reference it, it's fine. Yeah. I'd like to watch it now that I've seen the movie all these years later, but, like, no. See, this clock's in, like, an hour 40, and it breezes by. Apparently, there was a novelization of the movie that's super, super rare, and I kind of want to get it. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, what's it like? Because apparently it has, like, a lot more details that's directly from Carpenter's original script. And, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm a little bit curious, but, boy, that movie works so fucking well. You know that, and it Spin really off. it sets the fucking standard for that type of movie. I, I, I think it establishes its own genre. Uh, I don't know what I'd call it, but it doesn't need a name. You know, it just is what it is. And uh, boy, it's so much fun to watch. It's also extremely important for the development of Kurt Russell's acting career because before this, he was the Disney guy. You know, he was in. Uh, that fucking monkey movie you made me watch. The Barefoot Executive. Dude, the Fox and the Hound came out like the same week. Which, it's I, insane. I like the idea, I don't know if this is true, but I like the idea of him like, I'm Snake Bliskin. And by night he has to go to the Disney uh, studios and be like, wow, Kit, we'll be friends forever. <laughs> well, maybe not that long. You know? That's the director's cut. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, you know, I spent my whole life making fun of like, like Star Trek and Star Wars Wikipedia people, but like, Wikipedia. I, give me a detailed eighteen-page long thesis on Snake Plissken's backstory, pulling in all the EU stuff I'll never read. Let just lore dump me, please. 
But, uh... What was I going to say here? I was kept thinking the whole time, like, why wouldn't this movie work, Jay? Like, why won't we get this? And I feel like the problem is no big action stars will ever play a movie like this this earnestly. No one will ever be Snake Bliskin yeah. without winking. That's a, yeah, Honestly, that's a good point. It's not yeah. going to work. Yeah. So... I think there are action stars that would do it, but I don't think they'd get the role. <laughs> I feel like... Uh, okay, I, I know this is extremely on brand, but uh, I feel like Channing Tatum could do that. Oh, God. So I, don't I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I Well, like, so Channing Tatum isn't, like, the quip guy, like every other fucking action No, guy. I don't. Like, but also, he's not really, like, an action star. Yeah. Like, Although he's he can just do beefy and he's beautiful. A, Channing oh, yeah. Tatum can I mean, also yeah. do funny stuff, but he, you're I right, guess. he doesn't, like... It's just gonna turn into a Channing Tatum fan podcast. But, no, uh, we don't, we don't need to do that, but, like, I, I... I don't know. It's Maybe he could do it. I'm not saying that this is, like, a Lawrence Olivier sort of performance from Kurt Russell. I'm saying it's better. But, like... Of course. I, I, I don't know about... Channing Tatum in this role. Unfortunately, the first person who came to my mind who would play it earnestly but not play it well would be Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Man, don't. I, I don't. I don't I'm not, it, it's, it's not going to happen. That's not going to. They would never, ever do something like that. Chris, if it happens, um, I, you might want to leave the state. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just, just for your they own good, man. I, I don't know what's gonna happen to me. You know what? Jeremy Renner can't grow his hair that long, and he w- he would look just bizarre in a wig that long. So, I, like, I, I'm just saying, man, I might have to uh, trip you with a cane or something I... equally evil. <laughs> <laughs> he causing a ruckus in my apartment. <laughs> Jeremy Renner, what's all this then? He's like, oh, you like that bookcase, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies are fainting all over the place. <laughs> Can you imagine going to a like a big studio movie now? Someone saying their name is Snake Plissken, and then the response not being a shitty retort about his name. You can't. Yeah, it's you just, know those movies don't exist now. That's the thing is like I maybe it's not just like the actor, although I think that's a really good point that you bring up. I also think that a lot of this has to do with the director. I'm not just trying to be like the John Carpenter guy on here because I think we're all the John Carpenter guy on here. But I also don't know that there's a director who could make this kind of movie and also make this one earnestly. Maybe there's someone out there. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I just think this one works the way it does uh, because of John Carpenter, because of Kurt Russell, and because of all the other people that they have in there, the set designers, everyone else. This movie works because of everyone who was involved with it. Now, the only people I can think of who could maybe pull this off would be maybe an international director, you know? Uh, I'm not saying like put Iko Uwes in this, although maybe he could, and I think that's maybe because no, of like it's a different movie. I maybe I'm not it's... sure. I'm, I'm just throwing out names. I'm just throwing out names. Okay, so like I think the only way that you get like the seriousness of this across and like actually like trying to lean into this is like maybe some cultural distance from America, and it's not just because that this movie's already been out, but just the way that American culture is is just like it's the quippy nature is kind of infected everything. So, Chris, uh, it's very nice that you brought up, you know, a foreign director trying to take it on and see how that would work. Because I watched a movie Alex talked about called Lockout. Hell yeah. Which was sued by John Carpenter for being a complete (laughs) ripoff. I'm going to be totally honest. Like, so many movies steal from one another like that. You never hear about movies getting sued. I feel like when it said, when its own title credit said, let me just quote here. 
based on an original idea by Luke Besson. He was like, you know what? Fuck you. Oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, oh, that wait. had to be what did it. Seriously? Oh. The nerve to give himself his own. He didn't even direct it. He's like, this is actually my idea. I thought of this. I want my oh. own title card. He's probably Dude, like, yeah, that's... fuck this guy. It's so much Carver worse knows. when it's like a big name director, right? This is kind of like when uh, fucking when Sergio Leone ripped off uh, Yo Jimbo and made a fistful of dollars. It's like you're a big name guy. You can't just do that. This is for like the Z movie directors to be like, I, I it was my idea. I watched Escape from New York, but like Luke Besson did this. What year did this come out? What year did Lockout come out? Because I've heard twenty twelve. Those twenty twelve. Oh boy, yeah. It's like, he knows Luke Besson's a creep. He's probably like, yeah, fuck this guy, actually. Good. He I'm deserves that. <laughs> Give him the fucking money. Yeah. So, Hilarious uh, foreign directors take it <laughs> off. Bless and, uh, boy. Thank you. Guy Pierce just quip. Oh, my God. Dude, oh, it is no. impressive, no. dude. On oh, Alex, you've seen this one? And, uh, yes, I talked oh, about no. this like a year ago. Oh, I've had this on a hard drive in some form for what feels like You're a decade right, now. And after watching Escape from New York, I was like, you know. Now's as good a time as any. Ugh. And man. And it's like we talked about just watching the opening credits being like Isaac Hayes, Ernest Borgnine, like all these Adrian Barbo and her titties. All of these people, and then you get to this, it's like, ah, Guy Pearson. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's cool, I guess. I mean I like Peter Stormare, but that that I, that's I your one B. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alright. <clears throat> But it's actually different, because he has to go into space, into this lockdown prison, and save the president's daughter. So it's actually different. So this lawsuit has no grounding whatsoever. I mean, maybe that's the thing about John Carpenter movies. When other people try to do John Carpenter movies, they're just going to go awry. Like that remake of The Fog, uh, this lockdown. Every single Halloween movie besides Halloween 1 and 3. You know, it's just not going to be. They never, way. ever understand what makes them work. Right. They just do, like, I don't know, we'll just have, like, synth scores and some cool lighting. But also, like, That's no director is as get, good right? as John Carpenter. Like, I look, I, I love a lot of directors. I love, you know, the classics, but there's one John Carpenter, and no one can recreate that. Absolutely. It is. I get why people like it a lot, but the quips were just. Brutal. Oh, I couldn't. People take it, like dude. this movie. People like Lockdown. Wait a second. Are you sure? We think the same movie. Here? People like everyone likes everything. Oh no, no he means okay, that's fair. Oh. Like, yeah. uh, let me just check my stars here before I agree with you. It's <laughs> 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 like oh four, and let's knock that down to a two and a half. <laughs> Speaking of movies on the list, sorting by recent. I watched World War Z for the first time since it came out. Really? My, the only thing I remember was like, I remember it starting off like getting into the action quickly and then just forgetting all about it. So I watched it again and I'm like, yeah, it's just wholly unremarkable in every possible way. It you know, leaves I actually, no impression whatsoever. I actually kind of had a decent time with it. Um, I watched this one in theaters when it came out, actually. Um, and... Uh, I think there were, like, little moments that stuck with me. Um, I think, was it the Israeli chick or something like that? And, and like, she just escapes from the crash plane. There's, like, a zombie who's, like, thrashing about in a trapped uh, airline seat. I don't know why that scene really stuck with me. But uh, I think my main takeaway from World War Z was I'm watching it, right? And I'm mostly thinking, well, this is okay. 
it gets to the end, and I guess Brad Pitt, uh, spoilers for this movie that no one likes, uh, injects himself with, like, the the zombie antidote or something. Well, it's essentially an antidote or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you see, it's also they zombie. infect themselves with a new virus, so the zombies won't attack them. Yeah, it's it's also zombie because repellent, sense... you know? Yeah, they can sense it. It's, yeah, it's kind of it's stupid, cool. but, like, so are zombies. And, oh, like a microchip. Yeah. yeah, and he, like, yeah, Anthony Fauci injects him with it. And he walks past all these zombies, and they don't even care. And it's like a big dramatic moment, and he's walking in slow motion. They play like that musical, whatever. He walks past them. He goes to a vending machine. He presses a button. He gets a Pepsi. He drinks it in slow motion. And I thought it would be the funniest move in the world if he just looked at the camera and said, Pepsi. And it just showed like a Pepsi logo, and the whole movie was a two and a half hour commercial for a can of Pepsi. That vending machine only has Pepsis, and it is fully stocked. Yeah, I, I genuinely not thought it. It is I thought that this all I could think about when I walked out of the movie was just like, why didn't they do that? That would be like the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. The biggest fuck you to the eyes would be like, hey, by the way, two and a half hours, enjoy your Pepsi. Also, uh, it was pretty crazy to watch it and be like, oh, cool, we're all in Israel. Wait, what's going on? Oh, the Muslims are praying to you. Yeah, that was oh, a... Jinkies. Yeah, that that's, was a bit... Um, that's a move we've made. <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> but hey, we respect them, and we also respect Israel. So, both sides. Yeah, Very yeah, we, we, don't, we would never we pick would, a side. Of course you know, Trek Balky actually has some good picks. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're sponsored by Fleshlight and also the Anti-Defamation League. Next up, our special <laughs> guest, A.J. Jenkins. <laughs> My boy Alfred Alonzo. <laughs> uh, yeah, just wholly unremarkable. I feel like it makes the same mistakes, but not to the same extreme that the new version of The Mummy does. It's like, here's a horror property. Oh, what oh. should we do? I was ma- make it like an action movie. Like, I'm out. It's not going to work. I promise you. Yeah. So I never read the it's book never, World War C. Because uh, I have taste. <laughs> Uh, but I, Same. I, it just doesn't seem like something that was like really asking for a movie because I remember that the book was fairly popular, but not popular enough that people were just like, "Oh boy, the movie version." I just remember people wanted to see the movie because Brad Pitt was in it. Well, from what I understand, it is like an entirely different entity. It's basically name oh, alone. Oh. Yeah, Brad Pitt's kind of like How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> yeah, Brad Pitt is not mentioned. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, so what we do in the shadows season three has started. Oh yeah, oh, right. episodes in. But uh, big uh, shout out to uh, episode three having a kickball game yes. against the werewolves. Yes, wait, that's a great idea. Twilight. Yes, thank you. I almost <laughs> messaged so you when I watched this. this. Oh, that's <laughs> uh, you know, as you start getting further and further in the show, you're like, okay, like is this premise gonna wear thin? No, we're still we're still going pretty strong yeah. right now. Good, it's, good. I'm happy to so hear good. that. I was happy that I recognized the song now after the crash course I gave myself earlier this summer. So I was absolutely losing it when that happened, and then I got worried that nobody else was going to get the joke. And, uh... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so you might notice at the top of this little episode it says Black Knight, but that's actually a ruse because this is now a Top Gun episode. Okay. Because yes. right, yeah, I'm oh, dangerously drunk, yeah. drunk on margaritas two nights ago and watched Top Gun. And I believe and it was go, the little lady's first time, time since I was a child. Oh yeah, she was growing very attached to Goose, having oh, weren't we all? No idea what was to follow. 
I feel like I like Goose way more now as an adult. Because as a kid, you're like, yeah, Tom Cruise is the coolest. He's got the cool glasses, and he's the cool fly. You know, he's a cool pilot, and he gets the cool girl. But now nah, Goose is where it's at. Goose really hurt me this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Dude, is there anyone who doesn't like Goose? Come on. Also, uh, I remembered Val Kilmer being in the movie way more. He's in, like, two scenes. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah okay, so he, he leaves a memorable impression, especially when you're younger. But the scenes that he's in still leave a very, very strong impression. So it's not so much that he has, like, an overbearing presence, like he's always, always watching you, like the Eye of Sauron or anything. It's just that when he's on screen, you immediately focus on him. Like, you're not focusing on any other character. It's just, okay, Val Kilmer's here. What's he going to do? And, like, all of, the, like, the gay panic jokes are so played out. They but really every are. time Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise are close to, like, face-to-face, in my head I'm just like, just kiss. Just, just <laughs> look at look at how handsome they are. Look at his frosted tips, gelled back. They're on a locker room. Like just kiss. Just he just imagined so many just locker like, rooms. Just like the movie. sunshine joke from fucking Remember the Titans. Just do it. See what happens. Film it. Just put in the it. bloopers. You never know. Exactly. You kiss me, man. You want to really psych him out? <laughs> it's about mind games. Oh, makes you want to watch the sequel, huh? They've taken everything from us. <laughs> like, uh, it was really fun watching it from her perspective of just watching her in real time realize where all these things that she's seen parodied her entire life originated from. Yep. Watching her realize how many times they played Danger Zone. Yeah. Yep. What Danger Zone is, what Take My Breath Away is from, oh, what man. that sex scene with the blue lighting is from. Yep. Just the just volleyball scene. Just fucking Tom Cruise <laughs> looking at this new one and like. The I've fact gotten that he's late for their date because of the volleyball scene. That was pretty good. <laughs> Which, by the way, was completely unnecessary. He didn't even need to do that. You know, he could have just it's said like, "Hey, so I- I'm going to go get lead. I don't want to play volleyball right it's now." It's not even just that he was it's... late. It's that he's late and then shows up and asks to use her shower. It's so good, dude. You have to. Oh, damn, all hot and sweating. Admire, I got a shower. You have to admire the shaft on this guy for just walking to a woman's <laughs> house and say, "I would like to use your shower." I fucking love. Hey, you got hot water in here. I fucking love, like you know, seeing it again for the first time after however long it's been, and just remembering, oh yeah, this is also how the sex scene in Team America starts. <laughs> <laughs> I should rewatch it. Yes, also <laughs> plays a heavy, heavy part in the Dennis System episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as soon as she heard Another that song, I she just remembered that scene. <laughs> so, like, d- dude, I really want to talk about it. This is a scene that, like, everyone remembers all these keys and blah, 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 blah. The buzzing the tower scene is the one I always forget about, and I'm happy that I forget about it because when I rewatch <laughs> so it, that's the one you're like, oh, yes! <laughs> that guy storing out of his office, I want butts! <laughs> When he comes out with the second cup of coffee. Right? Right? <laughs> it's so, so good. Dude, the first thing I thought every single time I watched this movie is, is there a recruiting station nearby? I, gotta... I, I have what it takes. <laughs> I, you mean Michael Ironside will berate me in front of all my All I want to do yes, is be a meat shield. <laughs> oh my god, dude, more than anything. I love this movie with all of my heart mm-hmm. there's never been a better time than the 80s they were all right we were wrong i'm sorry 
all of these fucking boomers looking back with the rose tinted glasses. They're right. Mm-hmm. Let's please go back. That lead actress, I already please, forgot her please, name. Please. She is just absolutely gorgeous. She really is. Yeah, well, Val Kilmer. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I just, I feel like I can very confidently say, Skip, you know I'm passionate about Alien. And I'm very passionate about Blade Runner. But Tony Scott over Ridley, and it's not even close. It's, it's no debate. <laughs> Literally no debate. Like, those two are probably better than any Tony Scott movie, but if we're going filmography versus filmography, it is... I'm taking Tony Scott all day. <laughs> all right, let's get Black Knight over with. All right! Uh, representation You know what? A lot of people... Actually, you know what? Here's the thing. Um, that's actually a good way to lead with this, uh, that representation is, in fact, important. Because... No, I I this came out in what two thousand three or something like that. Uh, two thousand one. This two thousand one. Okay, two thousand. Why'd you say it like Yoda? Well, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, do you really want to go there? Martin looking for anything yeah. to sink your dude. I got, I got something here. So, but like, yeah, honestly, Martin Lawrence was not just the lead actor, but he was also the executive producer. Okay, so none of us work in Hollywood, but I think what we've mostly come to understand executive producer uh, as is the person who puts their money behind this project. And I don't think this is just like a cash-in project, but I think that's part of it. And I think what he was saying is there is a segment of a movie-going audience that we're going to call the black audience. And that's a real thing. A lot of people want to watch black movies. They want to see themselves represented on screen. And I worked at a movie theater. It's a real thing. And it's totally defensible. Representation genuinely does matter. I can't actually make a joke about it because it's a real thing. But if you're going to do that, I think that you have a duty to your audience to respect them. And when you churn out stuff like Black Knight, I kind of question your integrity. So Martin Lawrence, fresh off the success of, I think by this point, two, count them, two Bad Boys movies. Um, Uh, I think it was the first one. When did the second... Am am I wrong? Wait, wait, I thought that was 99. What kind of one was Bad Boys? I thought Bad Boys 2 was like... It's 2003. I'm Bad wrong. Bad Boys 203. Yeah, cut, yeah. Cut that. I was right about something. Uh, it's okay. Fresh it's off okay. one, count them, one Bad Boys movie. Yeah, but they uh, also did Blue Streak, so, uh, you know. Okay, never mind. Okay, That's so a movie I need to watch again. One and a half Bad Boys movies. Uh, he decides, I will start in <laughs> Black Knight, which is a takeoff of uh, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, which was written by Mark Twain. Also... Adapted to film as a kid in King Arthur's Court, which I will make Parker watch if I ever win. I mean, I won't make it because he was... Parker's really handsome, and I actually like heavy metal. Uh, the music and the movie, so... And the Cowboys... <laughs> well, we know yeah. your thoughts about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> we had an intervention <laughs> That's a right. I wouldn't call it an intervention. I would say, like, a confrontation. So, uh, Black Knight <laughs> begins with Martin Lawrence... Uh, well, Alex hasn't seen The Pest yet but this Dude, scene all I <laughs> right he's here's a classic scene okay martin lawrence how are we going to start off this movie you're going to brush your teeth in front just of the camera really explore just the space go martin. really get and, in okay there. okay you finish brushing your teeth dude that took like 
20 seconds. It's supposed to take at least 30. Four out of five doctors recommend. Okay. Floss. Okay, we're going to do the flossing. You're going to go like that. Fill on the flank. You're going to floss the teeth. Okay. Uh, need something to do here. The credits are still rolling the song. We paid for four minutes of the song. Uh, get the Q-tips. Nose, ears, ass, something. You got to do something like that. Uh, what else you got? You Rub something under your arms. I have no idea. Martin, please. Just don't riff, but like physically riff. Okay, do something. You can't rap like John Leguizamo, and that is sad. But do something with a space. Chew as much scenery as you can. This goes on. Parker, how long was this opening scene? Was this like 75, 76 minutes? <clears throat> uh, still going, actually. Yeah, it's weird. <clears throat> I turned it on this morning. I'm still watching yeah. it. It's really funny, though. Y- yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, brush your teeth, but goofy. You know what I love I mean, when Max I watch Bad dead. Boys? Like, man, this would be so funny if this was PG-13. <laughs> yeah. What we're really going to do is just really <laughs> rein in Martin oh, Lawrence and also Jesus. don't give him anyone funny to play off yeah. of. That's what we need. Uh, well, he goes to his... Okay, actually, no, maybe now's a good time to address Just because it's at the beginning. Okay, so Martin Lawrence, who, by the way, is black, is wearing a jersey... It's like a green jersey. It has a number 23 and it has long sleeves. Here's a question. All that's what, up. What jersey is that? <laughs> I have no what fucking idea. jersey is this? I, I'm not trying to, like... I, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Okay, so, like, basketball jerseys, they don't have sleeves. Uh, hockey jerseys, they go all the way, but they don't look like that. Uh, in football jerseys, they cut off over here, and uh, he's not going to be wearing a baseball jersey. Like, what's what's going on? What is this jersey? Is this a gang color? I I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. He looks like one of the Grove Street Boys. So twenty three, and uh, <laughs> he goes to his job at I Castle Planet or something. Dude. I no, this... he he hold on. He works at Medieval World, a.k.a. Medieval World. Good Burger. They, Medieval, Medieval World. World is competing with Castle World, Before we get Mondo into Burger. that, I, I just, maybe we should describe what Medieval World does. So he's a janitor, more or less, at Medieval World, which uh, we don't see very much of this because the set designer was not getting paid very much for this part of the program. Uh, he, I guess there's like a mini golf course. And it's like medieval themed. It's not even like what was they call it uh, medieval times or whatever. It's not even that. It's it's like there's batting cages here. And you don't even wear like a, a medieval helmet. You just wear like a regular baseball helmet. You know, dude. Could you imagine medieval batting cages where you just like swing like a fucking pike at baseballs? <laughs> it sounds so dope. <laughs> it's just like dead rats that they're throwing there. <laughs> It's just, it's just like crows. They're just like thrown by my. Ah! <laughs> like, I can't believe we watched this whole movie from to learn a life lesson and be like, no, no, don't close down. Compete against Mondo Burger and sell these people their these big stupid turkey legs and let them go to the batting cage. Don't give up on your dreams. No, don't ever. Dude, this give- fucking movie, God. Like you were talking about earlier, like how you know it's catered to black audiences. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of bullshit where they make absolute garbage like this, put it out, no one sees it. They go, see you guys, black people just don't see movies, don't know what to tell you, sorry. You know, that's actually a good point. I'm not trying to, like, I do have notes to say about this movie, but, like, there is something to say about, like, black creators and black audiences in Hollywood. Because there are really, really good black movies out there that everyone needs to see. And 
feels bad to lead with this, but one of you mentioned earlier, Black Dynamite is a fantastic movie, and everyone so needs to see that. It is a genuinely good movie. It's like, oh, it's a comedy. No, that's a fantastic masterpiece of a movie that is essential viewing. Uh, Dolomite Is My Name is a fantastic movie. If you don't watch that movie, you're missing out. You don't understand film if you don't watch that movie. Uh, uh, they, they call me Mr. Timbs, you know... Friday, you need to see these movies if you really want to understand not just Hollywood, not just film, but American culture. You need to see this. Candyman is the original. You need to see these movies. Get out. And Black Knight. But they just make you some watered-down PG-13 bullshit. Be like, hey, you guys like bad boys, right? Well, here's, here's one of the guys in it with none of the humor. Yeah, and it's just I don't the know. most watered down fucking SNL eleven forty five at night sketch thing you've ever seen in your life. Cracked out for an hour and a half, and they go, "Wow, guess America's not ready for a black leader." No, man. but so here's so here's it. the rebuttal to this. Well, one could say that it's like, oh, white America has so many watered down PG thirteen comedies that no one's ever going to remember years from now, and that's true. We have way more than our fair share of those sorts of movies, but. I don't mean to say that they're so white, but, like, they don't have any style. Like, God, Pootie Tang had style. Pootie Tang had a lot of style. And this, what is this? You know, this has nothing behind it. And I think that's what kind of, that's what kind of bothers me about it. Anyway, he goes into work at his janitor job at this, I, I, I guess it's like part carnival, part, mini golf course I guess and uh, that's, that's as close as I can get because they're not going to show any of it and I, I appreciate that and then a big fat black woman comes in who was that Am I, is that Queen Latifah it's not Queen Latifah right it's not, she's <laughs> don't cut that I'm not going to cut uh, that who was that I don't not know. touching that leave that yeah, in she's, I, I don't know I don't know <laughs> R.I.P. to her dog we don't have any Ezekiel <laughs> <laughs> <Z>. Elliott <laughs> <laughs> We don't have any black listeners. So anyway, like, I don't know who that is, but whatever she is, she comes in. I have to admit, I was kind of interested. She was like, despite, you know, numerous code violations, numerous bankruptcies, and a health inspector who, despite my numerous advances, was gay, uh, we have stood through these times. And I was just like, the way that she said it, I was just like, you know, she could at least deliver that line, which was very, very poorly written. Uh, so uh, here's... man. You know, watching this movie that came out in 2001, uh, right after the anniversary of 9-11, really put everything into perspective. Yeah, that's a good point. It was a different time back then. I mean, you say it's a different time, but like her her uh, her business acumen and her uh, motivation for keeping this place open is she's a job creator and the wealth is going to trickle down to the community. So you need to respect her, Parker. <laughs> oh, it's a black woman. Oh, what kind of black woman? You guys know <laughs> Octavia Spencer was busy, fuckers. Here she is. Octavia Spencer wasn't established yet, is what it is. Exactly. Uh, but anyway. There wasn't any help in this movie, so she didn't so, get cast. So it's just a loud, sassy black woman. So as funny. Alex alluded to multiple times, Mondo Burger is opening up across the street, and it's called Castle World, which I have to admit, <laughs> if I had my druthers, I would go to Medieval World, because at least it gets like the time period. If I right. would. If my parents took me to either of these, I would be living <laughs> the entire drive home. That'd be so like, I could have been playing PlayStation this entire time. <laughs> you know, she went on the batting cage. Fuck yourself. 
Hey, ye, ye. Great, I love this, Mom. This is so great. I don't want to play Pokemon with my friends. This is so cool. Oh, God. But anyway, so Martin Lawrence is just like, yeah, I can't wait till Castle World opens so I can leave my job at Medieval World. And I just... Look, I don't think any one of us is maybe living the exact kind of life that we thought we would live when we were like five years old. Like, oh, future Alex Parker Chris is going to be so cool and have lots of friends and also have sex regularly. But like... This is like down in the dumps. Martin Lawrence <laughs> is at a, a point in his life where he's like, man, I can't wait until the other Z-tier medieval themed carnival slash mini golf course opens up across the street so I can apply to be a janitor there instead. This is... Is this the dude where's my car, but for black people? <laughs> I've never seen someone so happy to make a lateral move. In I know. This is, this is just like, look, I, I'm not saying that, like, everything's perfect. I'm not saying everything's peachy keyed over here. Again, like, look at my fucking TV and the seventh strong two bins there. But, like, at least I'm not saying just, like, boy, I can't wait till Castle World opens. Maybe I can get a job <laughs> as a fucking janitor. Now, this castle of yours, is this a real castle or is it some sort of metaphor? <laughs> well... Would this movie be better with Keenan and Kel instead? Of yeah. That? Yes! yes. Why don't you do? <laughs> okay. Jerk of the week is is Parker. I just Alex, can you take away wins I from him for asking that? Uh, not <laughs> enough to affect the results. <laughs> yeah, trust okay. me. Damn. Okay, we're close. All right, keep going on this one. So I'm trying to start a dialogue here. This movie is <laughs> fucking nothing. So wait, wait. I got There's something nothing. here. I got something here. Let's talk about the plot. So uh, Martin Lawrence is talking <laughs> okay. to some person who will never remember, and he looks over the drawbridge. Yeah, there's a drawbridge, and he looks down in the moat. Yeah, there's a moat, and there's the like a medallion the down in there. Yeah, there's a medallion. And he sees a medallion. And he goes. I want that. And he just dives into the water like a fucking chode. And Alright, so I've done that before. And I believe you. And he just (laughs) all of a sudden, by diving into the water, ends up in ye olden medieval times. And there's there's a drunk guy, he's not important. Here's the thing. Martin Lawrence, throughout this whole time where he's talking in uh, medieval times, he's kinda how do I put this? I want to be respectful. Uh-oh. I want. I want to be Uh-oh. respectful. Give me a second. He's talking. He, uh, wait, my address dropping. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got. The, I, okay, I got. It. He's talking like Ralph Northam. <laughs> Am I wrong? Show me where I'm wrong. He's talking to like <laughs> what Ralph. What the Northam. fuck, Ralph Northam sounds like? He's what I'm. I'm doing the blackface joke because like, I know you are. Yeah, that's You're fucking it up. I'm, yeah, I know. I'm, uh, that's actually pretty good. Actually, I, I feel good about this one because this Please. is this is. <laughs> of course, I'm going to leave it in because it's a good joke. Ralph Lortham <laughs> is like a guy who either dresses up in blackface or in a KKK hood. We still don't know. And Martin Lawrence is not talking like a black man he's talking about she just said justin he's, trudeau you know, really swinging for yeah the because there. that's the thing that's, is like okay. alex alex watched that family guy episode he knows what justin trudeau talks like oh, i'm about to do awesome in canada stuff and alex clapped like a seal so here's Correct. the thing uh so martin lawrence is genuinely talking about talking like how white people think that black people act and it's so jarring you know the, come on Dave Chappelle would never stoop it's, to this, and I, I hate to bring up like bring up like Dave Chappelle was like an all time great comedian, one of the funniest people who's ever lived. But like, 
if he's a standard, you want to at least like shoot somewhere near that, you know? You're not going to stoop to like, like, what if a white person accidentally buys a ticket for this and walks in? Come on, don't do that. Like, Dave Chappelle hates Half-Baked. And that movie is so much better than this could ever no be. Ca- future episode. So, okay, I just want to get a little behind the scenes uh, info okay. here. I was watching this this morning. 99 weeks out of 100, I'm texting you guys before the half hour mark. Like, this is a big fucking mistake. <laughs> Let me refer to my uh, previous text conversation in which one Alex says, Are you chickening out of Black Knight? <laughs> so here we fucking are. I will be goddamn if I'm made of love. Uh, well, I, I mean, guess I don't the, know why the two of you picked this when I was not here last week. Well, but, it does uh, only take know, two, and you were one of the bitch. two. Don't I asked lie. What to watch? She's like, "Oh, you checking it out?" Is <laughs> I, that you know, it? Parker. It does you only know take. No, it's gonna Parker, work. How does liars hell work again? If the person lies, do they get an assignment? And I think Alice is lying right now. Uh, so I consulted with Shenron, and you know, that Par- very made Par- up. Um, Parker, I think he needs to watch Amazing uh, Spider-Man. Chris, too. I think you've been spending we'll too much Kevin time. Spacey Card has to say about yeah, Chris. I think you've been spending too much time with uh, Sarah Thomas. So uh, I think you need to get a refresher on what the real rules are. You know what? I I believe in her calls. Anyway, so <laughs> all right. So as we were saying, uh, Mart Lawrence is the Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> yeah, she's like, so like. <laughs> There's a guy who comes out, and he actually pulls a move, I have to admit, I've never heard of. When he walks out, it says, ladies, how are you feeling? Oh, I'll tell you. And then he just gropes them. I was just like, I can't believe I've never thought of that before. People it's, downtown. Where's thine hug? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and from here, I'm going to be honest, guys. We don't have a lot, you know? It's just Martin Lawrence just <laughs> mucking to the camera, chewing scenery like a motherfucker. There are not a lot of jokes here. There is a scene where he runs away from a horse. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I laughed when they running away from the horse. Well, we found the one. We found the infant on the podcast who, like, again, the seal clap. Oh, there's a horse. He's chasing him. So we got the one. Uh, and look here, motherfucker. They do the bit that you expect of like, wow, they're taking this real seriously. Oh, wow, it's like an old timey toilet. For twenty, yeah, he's just like, don't you see? Don't you see all that shit over there? And I'm being literal. There's literally shit over there. And the guy just looks at him like, that's it. And by the way, they didn't really drag out the thing. That's like, don't you understand? You can't get away with this dog. And it doesn't work again. I I really got flashbacks to dude. Where's my car? Is that a future episode? I I honestly, you. dude, I I think my mind just touched the void. Think about whether Dude Where's My Car is a future episode. What's a thong? What's a pin? What's a phone number? Minute after minute passing yeah. by as I sit in bed thinking I could still be asleep <laughs> right now. <laughs> so uh, I could be deep in Dream World doing anything but. So watch he it. realizes when a person gets their fucking head decapitated that things are pretty serious and he goes up to the king and he's just like yo when I announced myself as two time player of the year for the old county thing I was just playing with you y'all and he goes up to the guy and says uh, yo I'm actually uh, not thing." and uh, then he makes the band play dance to the music now 
They play oh they God. play dance or try to play dance to the music by what is it? Sly and the Family Stone for like twelve fucking minutes. Like it's an Emerson Lake and Palmer cover of this fucking song. Just keeps so on go yes. So it just keeps <laughs> on boy, I would listen to a cover. Anyway, so yeah, it just keeps no, on going. For like for like minutes upon minutes, you're just like, oh my god, it just Who's enjoying this? It met, so again, I yeah. worked. In, I worked <laughs> yeah, in the movie. Yeah, that's, that's how it feels for the other so, people. So, like, I worked in the movie theater, right? <laughs> I worked in the movie theater, and I, every once in a while, you have to do theater checks. You have to walk in there. Is anyone blowing each other? You're not allowed to do that at Regal. You just look at me, yeah, whatever. No one's blowing each other. But, you walk. But Chris, out. I got these it, ribs removed. So every single shut up. Every <laughs> single time you look up at the theater, you're just like, "What are they doing right now?" And they're just staring at the screen like this. And every single time, I kind of wonder, it's like, what were people thinking? What were people's faces when they were watching Black Knight? Because I don't think they were looking like this. I think they were looking like this. Like, there's nothing to, there's nothing to attach yourself to. <laughs> every single time that I'm watching, I'm just like, if I was watching this in a theater, and if I had paid money for this, I'd be fucking embarrassed. I'd be fucking humiliated. Uh, well, I've been to your city. I'm going to assume not a lot of people were showing up. <laughs> It was. I think it, that was quite oh, their crowd. Oh, you weren't. I don't know, man. Rockville, we we got a fair amount of black audiences. Uh, it's Rockville's a big city. Yeah. Look, I remember when this first got jokingly kicked around. You mentioning the end of this movie? Oh, yes. No, we're not going to catch up there. Realize, quickly, come on. I won't even spoil it, but I want to say just a tease that when I realized why you made me watch. <laughs> We, wait, wait, wait. We can't get there that early because there are other things that happen. For example... I just want to plant that seed of... There is, there, actually, you know, that's a good point. There is a good point because I... My a little God. behind the scenes thing here. Uh, Nick Mullen, who's the host of Come Town, uh, which is another podcast that I have to admit I like. Um, he, I saw that he reviewed uh, Black Knight with five stars. I was like, Really? That one? What? The joke is that he reviewed uh, Green Knight with two stars and said it was overrun. It was too long. It's really stupid that he reviewed uh, Black Knight with five stars with a single review that said, Aw, hell not. And I was just like, okay, I guess that's a future episode then. Uh, I guess we should watch this whole movie now. <laughs> and uh, then Alex, because it only takes two, uh, said, Oh, you can't check it out. Now we have to do it. And uh, Parker was left as the one, so uh, we ended up doing I this. Am... Doesn't it feel good, Parker? I am in disarray. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will admit that uh, this is a. I don't even know what's happening at this point in the movie. My, my note just says, I have to admit, I liked it when uh, he points behind a guy and says, Behold! And then he runs away. Uh, <laughs> That, I have to admit, <laughs> that kind of shit gets me. And, Were you uh, also a fan of him teaching all the peasant, all the peasants to do fucking WWF moves? Yeah. See, uh... here's the thing: is like when <laughs> that kind of leads into like my next thing is like it does kind of nail the thing that whenever white people try to act cool or good at something, that we just look like we're from the 15th century and we have no idea what we're fucking doing. <laughs> like that one guy is like, "Yo, this is my model." He comes out. He de- he designed all my threads. Yo, and he comes out and he goes like this, and it was just like, wow, that is the whitest thing I've ever seen in my life, and it makes so much more sense that he doesn't know what electricity is. So then nothing happens for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, will they be liberated? Will these downtrodden people rise up against the king? I sure hope so. Will he ever... You know, you're focusing on the main storyline. Martin Lawrence just wants to get home. And I have to admit, this is a weird thing for me to admit, but like... When he just wanted to get home and it was too cowardly to fight for the for the people, that I was just like, wait, this is a ripoff of Army of Darkness. I can't believe they finally went and did that. This, they ripped off a movie that no one saw. All right. Uh, thank you, I guess. Anyway, he, he saw that other drunk guy he met at the beginning. By the way, he's a drunk guy. It's not important. And he, he's doing boxing. Apparently, Martin Lawrence used to be a really good boxer. Uh, read the behind the scenes. He used to be a boxer. And he's dodging punches, and the guy asks him, Why are you moving? So I guess dodging punches <laughs> wasn't invented. It's dishonorable, point. dude. It's like, the uh... honorable thing is to take it on the chin at that point. <laughs> he's like, That's called footwork. And then he backs up against a tree and is able to go like that. And that's called rope dope. I, uh, dude. Martin Lawrence deeply regrets his role. Dude, could you imagine if, uh, if Martin Lawrence taught Eddie Gordo's fighting style to the peasants in the 1300s? Dude, uh, this movie's good enough as it is. Can we also just mention that, like, Martin Lawrence's idea of comedy... So, Martin Lawrence apparently does stand-up comedy. I mentioned I, I like stand-up comedy at the beginning. Uh, Parker, you, you've watched a little bit more than I have. Have you ever watched Martin Lawrence do stand-up comedy? Because I haven't. Is it any good? I don't no, care. But, so uh, anyway, he a lot of what we'll, he does. We'll see what the standings have to say. I was going to say like a lot of what appears to be Martin Lawrence's stand-up comedy is just mentioning a black celebrity, and that's what I was talking about with like the pandering and the condescending to a black guy. It's like you know who these people are. Let me name them for you: Halle Berry, Denzel Washington. You can call him Zell, Puffy, Shaq, Al Sharpton, Rodney King. Tiger Woods. Are you I know fucking who that is. kidding me? Dude. I, I'm not. You doing the theater check and he mentions Ronnie King and someone's going, that's right. You're like, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> I right. should get out of here. Good thing it's dark in here. So, man, that fucking. Did you see that guy sucking his own shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Pull out the privacy, man. Dude, pull out the walkie talkie. Yeah, someone spilled beans all over the place. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> just, just passing it around so someone else can do the report for you. <laughs> Dude, I can't get over the Rodney King mention in this fucking episode. It's, it's, he brings like, yeah, remember Rodney King? And then like the police come back, they're like, <coughs> really? Dude, because like, I, you shouldn't go for that. I'm, I'm not telling a, how a black man should tell a black joke. That's not that one to tell and not in that way. You know? People are sensitive about that. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Rodney King. Remember him? He got the shit kicked out of him. But anyway. So, uh, yeah. Um, something happens and he saves all of uh, Camelot from the fucking thing. And there's a really hot black chick. And uh, then he gets killed. This is the end of the movie. So he goes back to God. modern times. 
Cause I don't, God, I don't, I don't remember how that. Happened. It's just like, oh, it was all a dream, and uh, oh, I'm going to go up to the batting cages. I'm going to teach this guy how to hit a baseball. Oh, hey, here's that hot black chick. She got that scar a long time ago. Hmm, was it all a dream? I don't know. Oh no, I fell in the water again. Now I'm in Roman times, and a lion just fucking mauls him. Go to credits, and they play "Dance to the Music" by Sly and the Family Stone. It is. Astonishing. Now, after sitting through this whole thing, for him just to wake up and be like, oh, damn, that was crazy. Chris, you go to the gym a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you know when you just look over and see a dude without headphones on just working his demons out in the fucking You don't dress? talk to him, ever. You don't look... That is the aura <laughs> emanating from me. <laughs> I was sitting there just angry, breathing so heavily, she woke up like, is everything okay? <laughs> yeah. So... Fine. Oh, don't make eye contact with that guy. Oh, absolutely. That's a dark aura was emanating from me today. <sighs> Pun not intended. Yeah. Keep that. Yes. <laughs> that's that's why I said dark comedy for uh, for the loved ones instead of a black comedy. Because <laughs> Black Knight is a black comedy, and the loved ones is an Australian one. So uh, <laughs> this movie. <laughs> Is, uh, Glad everybody else had a good time. Yeah, you know what? Uh, great movie. We might watch a sequel. Uh, uh, thanks and, to the Comtown guy what? for uh, yeah, for this, appreciate I guess. it, Nick Mullen. You know, I've I've always said you know, my day. very funny. Again, the second one here to approve it. Alex, appreciate you being the two. And, I got your uh, back, buddy. And speaking of having my back, let's talk about game games. Oh, what's that? Can you speak up? All of this just so she doesn't close down her fucking medieval funhouse. All of this. 90 minutes of this just for her to be like, hey, you should you should keep this place You know, open. Parker, like, okay. Parker, it was really Alex. You know, Parker, it's more like Alex suggested this. It was really his idea. He was actually messaging me like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we made Parker watch this? Dude, you oh. don't even know the rules yet. You yeah. really want to push like push this now? Not I can change really. them. Let's start the game <laughs> of games. Three thirty in the fucking <laughs> All right. Um, God damn it. So, uh, good news for you, Parker. You won this week. You, uh, your teams went eight and two. Uh, Chris and I's teams went four and seven. And you remember how ties work, right? No. <laughs> All right. So you're gonna get to assign a movie to each of me and Chris before we move into the other section of the game of games. Oh. Yes. That's <laughs> uh, uh, show of hands. Who here has seen Big Mama's House? I have. <laughs> I've actually seen it like multiple times. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. Oh, Big Mama's okay. House. Follow up question Have you seen Big Mama's House 2? Actually, yes. I have not seen Big Mama's Damn. House 2. Oh, don't worry, Chris. You're only getting well, the first one. Well, if you one. give him the second one, one, he has to watch both. Yeah, you know that would have been the play. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, I'll just assign the third one. That's more big. Alright, who here has seen Big Mama's House, colon, Like Father, Like no, Son? No, I haven't seen Like Father, Like All Son. Alright, I have not seen that one. Alright, you can both report back to me, since you're such big Fuck! fucking Martin Lawrence fans. 
you can fill Kristen on the Thank you. you can t- <laughs> I saw yeah, the dra- he dresses up like a fat lady. That's that's it. I, you know, I have to, I have to see it to believe it. Otherwise, and then there's understand. there's there's a girl that he wants to fuck, but he can't fuck her because she thinks that he's a grandma, but actually he's not a grandma. He's yeah, don't worry about it, dude. It's you know, I I mean, I think I need like the cultural context, so I need to watch the middle. I, I, no, I think you're right. Yeah, my explanation yeah. was really poor. You should, uh, you yeah. should really trust your judgment. Yeah, you really yeah. skimmed right through it there. All right, so some more housekeeping with the game of games. Now, Parker, as everyone knows, is holding the Kevin James space. Now, uh, <laughs> That's everyone knows. because he won, he does not have to watch a Kevin James movie. But also, and more importantly, he gets the opportunity to change the Kevin James space to be any other space that he wants it to be. Any oh anything you can th- it can be like one specific movie it can be a director it can be an actor like like whatever Fucking you want as long as it's you know not you know we're not breaking Shenron rules here you know. Lewis Carroll over here how does the how does that space change hands does it you'll see okay so if I just call it the Kevin Smith space and just let it hibernate for a while yeah, sure it may or may not end up in someone else's it hands. may or may not. Okay, that's a grenade I will jump okay. on for content. So, uh, and as the winner, you get to do more than just change the name of the space. You get to, uh, mm-hmm. since Chris and I tied for last place, you get to take one of each of our teams and throw them back into the pot. So you can look down the list, pick whatever you want, and throw it in there. And uh, while you're at it, pick one of your own teams, too. Okay, let's see. These are some doozies here. Let's you know what? Let's just make it interesting. Let's take the Chiefs. Okay. Let's take your Super Bowl champion oh, Lions. Why would you do that to me? Come on. That's not and fair. of course, the mighty, mighty largest team, the Football Giants. All right. We'll just throw them in oh, the Now, uh, now, Chris, you. Chris, you and I can also take one of our own teams and throw it in there. So, uh, mm. take a nice look at your list, see who uh, who you want to go in the blender, dude. I would like to throw in the Jets. I think they're cooked. No, wait, the I want to throw the... So wait. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I'll let you change. Texans. I think they're cooked. The Texans? Yeah. All right. I, uh... Who do I want to put up for grabs here? This is not a good slate. And you know what? You know what? I'm going to see if these, these Falcons fly back to me. I'm going to put the Falcons in there. Oh. So uh, let me go ahead and open up the uh, the wheel. Um, I'm going to fast forward through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that, as, as expected. Um, mm-hmm. Also, because I can't remember the fucking URL. Um, wheel picker? Uh, picker wheel, yeah. Yeah, picker. Let me wheel. add oh, these yeah. in here. Um, oh, I got a lot of inputs to clear. Hold on one second. <laughs> 33 to yeah, maybe it's a good thing we can't see this <laughs> Kevin Smith giant as uh, New Zealand Giants why do I care nobody else can see this it's about the integrity yeah. I understand um, my lions I'm so sad lions and the Texans okay on, so uh so these are gonna get blended, and uh, you know we're we're gonna end up with some of these. We're each gonna end up with two of them. Uh, somebody's obviously gonna end up at the Kevin Smith space. 
You can avoid the wrath of, of the the space, whatever it is, if you win. Like, it's gonna... If you have it, you get to change it before the next week, and it automatically goes back in the pot. But, uh, if you don't win, you, you gotta watch whatever it is. So, uh... Uh... Parker, you, uh... Since you won, you can set the order of when we're... Uh, who spins first. Uh... Me, you, Chris. Alright, you are up first, Parker. I Alright, you got the Falcons. Uh, more birds. Oh, that's four birds? That's a lot it of birds, is. dude. And Just stop. Uh, up. Like, that hardly seems fair. <laughs> I'm hoarding them. Oh, I got the Texans. What a relief. <laughs> uh, now we don't have to worry about them. Yeah. Do you think Shinron will grant me a bird multiplier? It is very possible. Right. You uh, gave the, the Chiefs back to Chris. Let's so, just, uh, again, being Catholic pays off, guys. Nah. All, right, <laughs> All these prayers are going somewhere. I just want my Lions back, dude. Alright, well, Parker, you have got your own Kevin Smith space. <laughs> what, Boy, dude, this is really... <laughs> this is backfire diabolic, <laughs> now that I have the Falcons. <laughs> this, is, this is looking dire all of a sudden. Come on, big Lions. To me. Alright, I got I got the Giants, you get the Lions. Yeah. Dude, this could have gone better for old Chris. <laughs> I also, anytime I have the Lions, I will immediately throw them in the I'm also yeah, I keep things interesting. <laughs> the Lions will always take a chance as long as I have. Um, yeah, there will be uh there'll be more opportunities for things to change hands at a faster rate. Depending on how you guys play your cards. So uh also, cards, uh, cards whichever one of you has the fucking spreadsheet <laughs> open is is fucking anonymous Nyan Cat. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anonymous <laughs> <laughs> Nyan All right. Well, I don't have anything past that. Like, I can't top anonymous Nyan okay. Cat. So, uh, in that case, we should probably, for a little button on the end of this episode, we should decide on our next uh, uh, movie. Uh, Parker, do you have any ideas? I mean, I'm ready to go back to Seagal and do Above the Law. We, uh, I think we, I think we did. Yeah, that's the one we did. You, you mean Mark, Mark Wait, for no, Death? Mark yeah. Mark for Death. Mark, Mark for Death, death or Exit Wounds? I think they're both oh, episodes. Mark, 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 Mark for Death. Mark, Mark for Death. Okay. Yeah. Seagal Timber, uh, rages on. <laughs> Black Seagal Timber. Black Seagal Timber. <laughs> <laughs> Gay actor Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh, no! And that's the tea, sis.